This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. All right, Raider Nation, let's buckle up. Here we go. Three hours. <laughs> man, oh, man. Should have a lot of fun this afternoon. Broadcasted live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Bobby's in for DeMond today. DeMond should be back tomorrow. But, boy, we've got a lot to talk about today on the show. I say it all the time. You always have a plan going into the show, but the best plan is always the plan that can be changed. And so the plan will be changed this afternoon on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 coming off the heels of the JT the Brick Show. Of course, that was uh, followed up after the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. So now we're here to rock with you for the next three hours and got a lot to get to. Very excited about it. Very excited about everything that we have going on this afternoon. Have a lot of good guests to get to. And, uh, of course, we're going to hear from you throughout the course of the show. So definitely excited about that. Had an opportunity earlier in the show today, or earlier today, to talk to Freddie Coleman from ESPN, from Freddie and Fitzsimmons. You'll actually hear that conversation coming up at 2.30, and uh, just always good to catch up with him. He's actually filling in for uh, Canty and Carlin this afternoon on ESPN, so he's not doing his normal show, so I had to uh, have that conversation earlier with him. But at 2.30, you'll hear from Freddie Coleman uh, from ESPN at 2.30. Good stuff. Uh, Matt Holder, Silver and Black Pride, also Bleacher Report. He is here in Vegas at the Shrine Bowl, so we'll talk to Matt Holder coming up at 3 o'clock. Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio, will join us at 3.30 to talk all things Will Levitz. We like to dive into the draft, and we've deep dove into a lot of the quarterbacks, a lot of the different players that are going to be in the draft in late April. Got a lot to get to when it comes to the draft, but not talking about mock drafts, but just wanting to get a little bit of background on each and every one of these uh, big-time players that are going to be available in April's draft. So Nick Roush will join us coming up at 3.30, and then at 4.30, Coach Todd Thompson, Desert Oasis High School, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Uh, he's going to join us at 4.30 to talk about the award, talk about everything they got going on at D- Desert Oasis, and uh, just all that good stuff that goes with that. So we have a loaded show for you today. Not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, letting you know who's coming up, this, that, and the other. A lot of fluff because, man, uh, boy, oh, boy, the, the show is just kind of writes itself at times. Again, Freddie Coleman at 2.30, Matt Holder at 3, Nick Roush at 3.30, and Coach Todd Thompson coming up at 4.30. Now, with all that being said, let's go ahead and just jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So until about a half an hour ago, the the plan and the biggest, I guess, news that it came out that has to do with the silver and black was the fact that Derek Carr was selected to his fourth Pro Bowl. And that was a little awkward, you know, a little awkward because the Pro Bowl is going to be played here in Las Vegas and the NFL knows that. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why guys are not participating in the Pro Bowl. Some could be injuries, some just pulling out. Uh, and, and so Derek Carr ends up getting his fourth uh, Pro Bowl nod, which tip of the cap to D.C. Uh, I say it all the time. If you can get a Pro Bowl nod, that's cool to have on your resume. That's great when you're doing contract negotiations. There's a lot of good incentives that go into having, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl nod. So Derek Carr will be at Allegiant Stadium for his uh, fourth Pro Bowl since being in the league. So that was cool. Right, he's taking the place of Joe Burrow. That was a cool little story. And I know the morning tailgate talked about it. I know JT was talking about it. And then a half an hour hit, <laughs> half an hour ago hit, and the news came out about the Denver Broncos finalizing a deal 
to hire Sean Payton as their head coach. And all of a sudden, well, the wheels fell off. And again, that changed everything. Adam Schefter first put out the news. Saints and Broncos are finalizing compensation in return for Super Bowl winning head coach Sean Payton. This clears the way for Payton to sign with the Broncos to become Denver's next head coach. And so Payton is expected to be the head man in Denver as his new head coach. And then the compensation came out. The Saints and Broncos just finalized the deal on compensation. Sources say New Orleans get a first rounder and an early pick, likely a second rounder, but also give a pick back. Complex deal, but now done. Sean Payton will be the Broncos head coach. So now you're looking at the AFC West, and I tweeted out, wow, the AFC West just got a lot juicier. You know, there were so many storylines going into this last season about how competitive the AFC West was going to be. You know, you have all the all the firepower that the Raiders had. You had all the firepower that the Chiefs had. You had Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And, you know, even Denver with Russell Wilson. It's going to be the best division in football. And obviously it didn't shake out that way. But the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. So now all of a sudden it is really thick. It is really tight. It is really competitive in the AFC West. And so there was a time that I was very comfortable with saying that, you know, I felt like the Raiders had probably the second best head coach in the AFC West. I said he was, you know, I said, uh, uh, not Sean Payton, he was not there, Um, that uh, Josh McDaniels was the second best head coach in the division behind Andy Reid. Well, now you have Andy Reid, who's in the Super Bowl. You have Sean Payton, who's won a Super Bowl. You have Josh McDaniels, and you have Brandon Staley, and Brandon Staley just added offensive coordinator Kellen Moore to the to the coaching staff. And so I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm not a big Kellen Moore guy. I was never a big fan of Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, when he was there in Dallas, but now he's going to get an opportunity to work with Justin Herbert, and I think that that's clearly an upgrade over Dak Prescott, even though I like Dak, but clearly he's not the same guy that he was. So, uh, yeah, just I think that that's an interesting division now, right? And so we've been talking about what the Raiders are going to do. Obviously, they need a quarterback. That was going to be a big part of the conversation on today's show was about the quarterbacks, and I was really going to focus on the guys that I expect to be drafted in the first round. Uh, We could save that for another day. It's not a problem. But now that you look at it, now that you know Sean Payton is headed to Denver, he's got Russell Wilson to work with, you know, the new ownership there in Denver, the one thing I can say about them is they're not scared to go out there and make a move, right? They're going to spend the money. They're going to give it the draft capital. They want to get results. Nathaniel Hackett obviously wasn't it. That's why he got fired in the middle of the season or not middle of the season, towards the end of the season, he gets fired, right? He's now with the Jets, and they're hoping that they could probably lure Aaron Rodgers. So now what do the Raiders do? What do the Raiders do to keep up with the Joneses, right? I mean, because they have to. The division now has just gotten that much tighter. They've got all these really good teams. Again, Kansas City is going to be the best in the AFC West until they're not. They're in the Super Bowl for a reason. They have Patrick Mahomes. We've been talking about quarterbacks that can go toe-to-toe. Well, now you got coaches that can go toe-to-toe. You know, can... Can Josh McDaniels get the, get the right guys in place to go toe-to-toe now with the Chiefs and go toe-to-toe with Denver? By the way, Denver has a really good defense, too. Let's not make any mistake about that. They do have a really good defense, but their offense wasn't worth the, worth the salt, right? So now you expect Sean Payton to go in there and be able to get things turned around. I think Russell Wilson is a whole lot better than what we saw from him last season in Denver. And, and if there's one guy that's going to get him right and humble him, and I think that Russell Wilson needs to be humbled a little bit, it'll be Sean Payton. So I think that that's a big deal. That's a real big uh, get for the Denver Broncos. And so now if you're the Raiders, you're thinking, okay, got to continue to build the roster, got to find a quarterback, and got to make sure the coach is putting the players in the right position. So I throw this out there to you, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you. As I always do, 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com text sign to 69187, keyword R&R. What are your thoughts now on the AFC West? Sean Payton is headed to Denver. He's going to be the head coach. So what are your thoughts on the AFC West? Where does that leave the Raiders? How do they compete? How do they stack up 
in the AFC West. Let us know about it. 702-365-9200. We'll start things off with Eddie in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Well, 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 Q. Here we go again. Shots fired, right? Look at our division getting a heck of a lot more competitive. We just uh, just added Sean Payton, which has winning percentage of 152 plus. Uh, you, it, it doesn't get any... Worse or better for our division. I mean, it just depends on how you look at it, right? The eyes are right back on McDaniels and the crew. What are they going to do? I've always talked about the, I never care what our, uh, the competitors do, what you know, the other teams in our division do, is what they're going to do. So game on. What are these guys going to do? we got a big problem. we got to solve it. Quarterback, defense, O-line. What are they, are they going to go after now because of that? Go and try to overcorrect one of those and maybe go after Aaron Rodgers to try to kind of offset it? I don't know. I just hope that they don't go crazy and over-mortgage the future. But we, 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 they got their work cut out for them big time. I mean, yeah, they do. Got, yeah, and then to, to, you also hear how D'Amico Ryans chose to go to the Texans over, over uh, the Broncos. Is that maybe because he has more draft capital and can build a team? Well, he got a six-year deal. He got a six-year deal from Houston, and he used to play there. Exactly. So – now, what does that do with their car? Do they, does that mean that they can go off or? I mean, they, if Ziegler's not working those phones, he better be working them, for, especially now that D'Amico's out there. I mean, this, it, we're in a good opportunity to step up and show the rest of the league that we're not a joke. I am not confident in them. I think I expressed that to the nth degree, but this is another opportunity. And, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What what is your plan? What what do you what do you think they need to do now that the AFC West is this much more competitive? Like you just mentioned, what is the plan? What's next? What what do the Raiders have to do? It has to be the quarterback. It has to be because you you just got a, your competitor right. You just got you you know that Sean Payton is going to be able to go in and help immediate Russell Wilson. Yep. He's going to go in and tailor his offensive game plan to fit Russell Wilson's best attributes. What is what is Dave Ziegler going to do to align to give Josh McDaniels a quarterback and wh- who can play within that system? Now you, we all talk about Brady, but Brady's only a, a stopgap. We can all agree on that. So is that is that going to be enough? Are, are you going to be able to go into the season compared to what the Broncos are doing? Because their their defense is much better. All they needed to do to improve their offense, right? Sean yep. Payton. We can all agree that is helping. What do they do? Uh, it, it's it's quarterback has to start with the quarterback position. You back yourself up against the wall. You're, you're my, in my opinion, there's only one person out there that's worth to go after, but you might have to mortgage too much. That's what I'm afraid of. And that's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. That, 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 Good that, stuff. That, Good that, stuff. That, other than that. All right, cool. Thank you for the call. Aaron Rodgers, that's your, that's your solution all right? that's a, or an idea. All right? and, and they might have to. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing about it. You, 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 you put it out there right. Right, the AFC West is that much more competitive. They've got to find a way, like I said, to keep up with the Joneses. You don't want to get all of a sudden, you know, just snowball. You don't want that snowball effect to to hit you, and all of a sudden you're you're way down in the division. And you don't have a chance to catch your breath. You've got to do something. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and company have got to do something. The AFC West has just got that much better. I know some people aren't as high on Sean Payton as I am, but I am very high on Sean Payton. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach for a reason. He's going to bring his offensive philosophies, and he's going to help Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. They're going to bring in whatever weapons that they need. Now, look, they're going to have less draft capital, obviously, because they had to give that draft capital up to get Sean Payton, but they're, going to, they're, they're trying to do that. And the, a lot of the reason why there's a carousel at the, at the head coaching position in Denver is because of what the Raiders have been able to do to him. 
The Raiders have been consistently beating their backside, right? No matter no matter who it is that is the head coach, they've been consistently beating. That was my watch, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's like, what in the hell was that? I don't know what it is. Every once in a while I'll say something and my watch will decide it wants to talk back to me. It'll always be at the weirdest time. So, yeah, Bobby, that was, that was my watch. But I'm glad you're on it. Bobby's looking around like, hold on, man. Something ain't right. So, uh, yeah, that's what that was. So I apologize. But they've been consistently getting beat by the silver and black. So now they're going to bring in a guy in Sean Payton where one of the number one goals is don't lose to that team. Right? I mean, that's just what it is. So what do the Raiders have to do to keep up with the Joneses and not be the, the last place team in the division? Because right now, I, I before this the, the, today, I looked at the Broncos and said, yeah, they're still the last place team. Hell, they couldn't even get a head coach. Right? I mean, and, and reports are that Sean Payton was the second choice. I'm not buying that. I think it was between Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton, and I really don't think that Jim Harbaugh was realistic. I think Jim Harbaugh was one of those guys where, okay, we're going to talk to him because he wants to talk and he wants to continue to be who Jim Harbaugh is each and every year. I think Sean Payton was option one. I know D'Amico Ryans was the guy that was on, on the short list as well, but for my money, I think it would make more sense to go after Sean Payton if they're trying to get that team where they need to be and, again, compete in the AFC West. That would have been a rookie head coach, even though I think D'Amico Ryans is really good, a rookie head coach going up against a very tough division. So 702-365-9200. Mark in Colorado, let's hear from you next. What's on your mind, my man? How you doing, bud? Good. Hey, um, well, I mean, the state of the Raiders dictates one thing, is that we kind of have to compete with the Joneses right now because, again, we have other really, really good players on probably a two- to three-window in order to win, at least, you know, compete for division championships and potentially go to the playoffs. So in that light, quarterback position is going to have to make a splash, right? So, I mean, we all know who the names are up on the board and see which ones they can get. You know, as far as, you know, the Broncos getting Sean Payton, though, I mean, that to me just comes with a, a pretty good asterisk. Now, he's a heck of a solid coach. It's not that it wasn't a good hire. But their draft capital that they have to give up, that they have for Russ now gone and now him now gone. Right. You know, play, you know coaches don't make blocks. Right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they have arguably way more many holes to fill than the Raiders do. Way more many holes. And they're not going to fill them unless they become draft geniuses and, you know, go in free agency like crazy over the course of the next, you know, couple weeks. And their cap situation ain't going to get any better either. Honestly, I see it as a long-term move for them where, where maybe they'll start getting better in year in three and four, but they're still going to get beat the next couple years. And Russell Wilson, well, can he fix him a bit? Or is he now that type of quarterback that, hey, you know, he, he's really, a, you know, really an out-of-the-pocket broken play type of quarterback that goes there. Now, I know a little something about it because, you know, I live in the devil's backyard. And <laughs> the local radio, that's all they do talk about, you know, what they can do to fix it. And there's half the guys in the room, I promise you right now, on the fan that are doing backflips, loving his hire. The other half are holding their breath because mm-hmm. there it is again, Broncos going for broke, <laughs> trying to get some stuff fixed, right? So, you know, I, do I think the Raiders going to make splash? Absolutely. Do I, I think, you know, Dave Ziggler is going to come out with the same rhetoric of, listen, we're going for the long term, we're going for the long haul, et cetera. Yeah, but they, they've got to do something that harnesses the talent that they've got on the roster in order to compete exactly. in the next two to three years. That's just unavoidable. Otherwise, you know, we're looking at a complete rebuild, and they're not doing that. They're just not doing that. I don't, I don't think they can. Th- thank you, Mark, for the call. Good stuff right there. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's the deal. I, I think that this is – I understand the long term and, you know, three or four years, but they have a really good defense. And if he can figure out how to get that offense right, and I know it's going to take a, a little bit time to a little bit time to build just because of the lack of draft capital, like you said. I mean, they gave up a ton for Russ. Now they're giving up a lot for, uh, for Sean Payton as well. But 
If they can figure out how to get that, that offense going in the right direction, they're going to be a competitive team. That defense alone is going to make them competitive. That defense is really good, right? I mean, that, that, that's, just the, that's just the nuts and bolts of it. And whoever they bring in, there's going to be, one, there's going to be guys that are going to want to play under Sean Payton. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. But I just think the AFC West got that much better. And now the Raiders, I'm not saying that they have to do a knee-jerk reaction. That would probably be silly to do a knee-jerk reaction, but they have to be aware of what's going on. They cannot be the worst team in the AFC West. They just can't. And they can't have the worst head coach. Their head coach has to go out there and do what he does to, to put that team in the best position to ultimately win games. Let's hear from Hardcore Raider. You're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hello? Uh, oh, there he is, Hardcore. Welcome to the show. All right, sorry about that. But, hey, um, yeah, I think this is great news for the Raiders, man. I know – First of all, I'll give him a compliment. Sean Payton's a great play caller, right? Yep. Um, but if you look at, like, the history of what he did with the Saints, it was one Super Bowl, you know. Uh, I think, did he go to another Super Bowl? I know they just won one, but, um, right. you know, and then he's been to the playoffs and stuff. So, like, you know, he's great, a great offensive-minded coach. But what a lot of people miss, unless you, like, look at what actually happened to the Saints, they went all in, dude. They overpaid Drew Brees. They're still in cap hell. They're like negative fifty to sixty million dollars over the cap still. Everybody gives Sean Payton this knighting armor, dude. The coach took off from the Saints when he knew the cap hits from backloading the contract was going to hit them. I don't see that as a coach that's uh, very good. I wouldn't want that guy on my team. They went all in, right? They went all in to win a Super Bowl, and he did nothing with it. They did nothing, and the Saints have struggled uh, these last couple years because of the cap space. So. When the, when the going got tough, he got going. And the Broncos only have, like, $9 million available in cap space. So he might go all in with the Broncos, too, with a Russell Wilson contract. But he's not as good of a coach as everybody thinks he is. Because if he did, okay. the Saints wouldn't be in the situation they're in right now, and he'd still be their coach. He left when he knew that the cap hits were going to hit the team. So okay. that's all i got to say. Fair enough. All right, Sean Payton's not a good coach. That's fine. I, whatever you think. I, that's fine. I think he's a damn good coach, but that's just me. You're you're allowed to think whatever you want to think. I believe he's a damn good coach. I believe it's a damn good hire. There's a reason why they gave up the draft capital to get him, because he's a good hire. But that's, again, just my opinion. It's okay to uh, to disagree. I don't think it's as drastic as you made it sound, but, you know, that's that's that, that's you. That's okay. 69187, keyword R&R, so Text line. Gizmo said, the plan doesn't change. Elite veteran for a year, a great quarterback for the future. Stockpile offensive line or defensive impact players in the draft. I don't know if we can get all this uh, going in such a short amount of time, but pressure is ramped up now. It's on like Donkey Kong. Let's go Raiders. And I think that's the deal. I think that that's the, that's, the, that's the real deal is that I feel like the pressure is more. The pressure is more because you do know there's a really good head coach. There's a coach that's been established. If, regardless if you don't think he's a good coach, he's established. He's got a, he's got a Lombardi. You don't get Lombardis on accident. So regardless how you feel about him or if you think he bounced because they went all in, like the Rams went all in and won a Lombardi, Sean McVay, he, he came back, but he was talking about retirement. I don't think anyone was talking bad about him. They went, they had a plan, and they, they rolled with it. The guy won a damn trophy. I would be good with that. I'd be good with, with, with seeing the Raiders win a trophy, regardless how they won it. Right? Winning's winning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one more trophy in the case. That ain't there. So if if Denver were to find a way to win a trophy, would anybody is anybody gonna get mad? Not in, in, in Denver, they won't. Not saying that he's gonna go win a Super Bowl, but I mean, don't don't discredit the count the fact that he won he, he won a, a ring. He's got one. He's not just some coach that that figures things out on Madden and 
tries to put it to the test on the field. I think that's silly. Let's uh let's go out to the phone lines and I believe what is it Robin San Jose? Is that who we have? Jason San Jose. Jason 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 in San Jose. There you go. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What's going on, Q? Um trying to man, maintain. I'm, I'm right there with with the Raiders don't need to do anything different than what they're already planning on doing. Just because of what Denver did today, I don't think it changes much for Denver. Their offense may be a little better. I think maybe he fixes Russ, but at the end of the day, the Raiders are over here struggling because of missed draft picks and essentially no draft. Okay. Well, they've mortgaged theirs, and so he's stepping into a situation that I think may be more of a long-term thing for Denver. But in terms of right now, I don't think we, you know, we need to we need to be proactive instead of reactive, and just handle our business, take care of our house. For God's sakes, build this defense, and just stay the course because all the turnover that's been going on left and right for years, we got we got to stay the course for a little bit. Don't react because they got a coach because they don't have a draft pick coming. They've got you know minimal in terms of what they're what they're going to build off of. Okay. Good, good stuff. Thank you so much for the call, Jason. I appreciate you. Uh, let's hustle up and try to get a couple more quick ones in. Paul and Temecula, what's up? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Hey, man, uh, uh, good hire for the Broncos. Um, Champagne's a huge upgrade over Nathaniel Hackett for sure. Uh, the question is, what version of Russell Wilson is he going to get, right? Right, yep. Um, uh, I, don't think, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be as bad as he was last year. But I don't think we're going to see the same Russell Wilson five, six years ago. So I, I still think that they're going to be looking up even towards us. Uh, I think we swept them the last three years, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest with you, man, I, I'd rather have Sean Payne with Denver than Sean Payne in L.A. with Herbert, to be honest. Right? That's so a good point. I look at, yeah. I look, I look, I look at it that way. Um, also, D'Amico Ryan's good for him. Played for his hometown, uh, hometown team, and a great way for him to go because the reality is uh, Houston's not going to fire him one and done because he already did that with David Cully right. and Lovey Smith. So he knows he has he has a long leash, right? Yeah, he got a so, six-year deal. Yeah, so good good for D'Amico because they're not going to do him a one and done like they did the other guys. Right. Um, and, and I still think uh, badass quarterback, man. If we could bring in Brady for a year or two, um, just to just to help you know get get the boat sailing a little bit. I mean uh, the defense in the draft. I think I think you gotta you gotta stick stick to what your plan is, and and not veer off that because of Sean Payne. And I think at the end they're still looking up to us because uh, you know we swept them the last three years. So they're they're chasing us, and and I think uh, Sean Payne is gonna realize that this is not the NFC South. You have to go mm-hmm. up against Mahomes and Herbert twice a year. So right. there's no cakewalk like he had it when he played Carolina Panthers and pre-Tom Brady over there. So that's what I got to say. All Thank right. you. Hey, good stuff. Appreciate you. And, yeah, it's definitely no cakewalk. That's And that's the whole point. Like, the AFC West is that much juicier. Before we even went into, what, the 2022 season, didn't we say how competitive the AFC West was going to be? It didn't shake out that way. But the expectations were it was going to be really high. Really, really tight competition. Everyone across the league thought the AFC West was going to be the best division. Again, it didn't shake out like that. But now you make another addition in all hopes. This hire is just 100% to get Russell Wilson as right as possible. 
That is what that is for. And if he's able to do that, that's a damn good team that they're going to have with that defense that they have. Remember, they have a very solid defense. Their offense was terrible. And Russell Wilson was terrible. So going back to Paul, you're right. What version of Russell Wilson are you going to get? That's going to be the big question. We won't know that answer for a long time. But obviously, Sean Payton felt pretty comfortable taking that job. I do agree, though. I'd rather see him in Denver than in L.A. with the Chargers because I do think him and Justin Herbert could really do some things. And I think that was probably his ideal number one landing spot. It just didn't shake out that way because Brandon Staley didn't get, uh, didn't get fired. I still think Brandon Staley is the worst head coach in the, in the division. I still feel that way. But if they start finding ways to win games, especially since they have you know, some good pieces in place to win games, then all of a sudden you could be looking up and the Raiders could be in, in, in the, the fourth hole in the AFC West, and that's what they can't afford to do. That's my biggest thing. You can't afford to end up being that team. Let's take one more call. Raider 66, you're up. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, how you doing today? Good, good. Good, yeah, great news. It just got interesting, right? Yeah. I'm just, I, my fix is, okay, here you go. Uh, we get Brady at quarterback. I know a lot of people don't like that, but, but he knows the system. He's not going to be costing top dollar. He won't cost you any draft picks. You look at the 07 New England team that went undefeated. I'm not saying we're going to go undefeated, but right. look at the offensive weapons you've got. Instead of Moss, you got Adams. Instead of uh, Gronk, you got Waller. Instead of uh, Edelman, you've got Renfro. You've got a better running game. So you get one or maybe two offensive linemen to keep Brady upright. That's it. Now what we need is our own Chris Jones. That's what we need. Yeah. You load up the defensive line and put pressure on the guys. Mahomes crumbled in the Super Bowl with pressure. Burrow just did it in the, in the championship game. You put pressure on the quarterback, and you shut him down. That is how you load up on the defense. That's how the Raiders are going to compete in this division. Thanks for the time. Go Raiders. I like it. I mean, I like it. We spent a lot of time talking about defense, and then we switched up and started talking about the quarterback position and which one would you rather have, this or that, quarterback or the defense. I love the defense. I've talked about not trading up right now because I don't think the Raiders team is built like that. And maybe with this addition to Sean Payton, maybe you still have some time. Maybe you have some time to build up the the team a little bit more and compete because as everyone has pointed out, you know, the cap space ain't great in Denver. The draft capital is not great right now in Denver. So maybe you have an opportunity to do like Raider 66 just said and go and get your Chris Jones type guy like a Jalen Carter and build that defense up, continue to build that offensive lineup. And and then maybe you could strike and who knows what's going on with Russell Wilson. Again, I I'm in the firm belief and I could be 100% wrong. And if I am, that's fine. I have no problem saying that. I could be wrong. I think Russell Wilson is going to be a whole hell of a lot better than what we saw the first year in Denver. I think he's going to be a whole hell of a lot better because I think his ego is going to get checked. That's something that was out of control. He was running the shop there, basically, in Denver from everything that we've heard from the outside. He was running the shop. Sean Payne's not going to let that happen. So that's that's where I think he's going to come in better. But they still have to put a, a better team around him as well so it's going to be interesting it got a whole lot more interesting the last I don't know well now it's about an hour <laughs> so there's that but keep those texts coming in at uh, 69187 keyword r what are your thoughts now on the AFC West with Sean Payton head- headed to Denver do the Raiders need to do something different do they need to get more aggressive is there more pressure on them what do you think again 69187 keyword r let us know about it earlier today I had an opportunity to talk to Freddie Coleman from ESPN you'll hear that conversation next this is, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
232 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. My man Bobby Machado behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here with you till 5 o'clock. In just a hot minute, we'll hear from Freddie Coleman from ESPN's Freddie and Fitzsimmons. I had an opportunity to talk to him just a few minutes ago, but we threw the question out there. What are your thoughts now on the AFC West with Sean Payton headed to Denver? Does that change anything for the Raiders, or do they continue to do what they do? Does it add extra pressure? What are your thoughts is what we want to know from you. Again, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r and And, of course, our listener line when we don't have a guest is 702-365-9200. We'll get back to phones and, and, uh, and texts in just a minute. Actually, we'll hit a text real quick. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray said, just as you said, Q, Denver ain't got much in draft capital. Keep an eye on Denver letting good, some good players go to gain draft capital and start building. Maybe we could scoop up a free agent or two on defense from them. That's an interesting thought right there. They do have to make some kind of move. Uh, one more text from the 707. I think Sean Payton is a perfect coach for Russell Wilson because Payton coached Drew Brees, who we all know was short, just like Wilson. And Payton's offense is tailored for that kind of quarterback. And that's a text from the 707. Thank you so much for that. And I agree. You know, and I, I agree that Sean Payton is going to be good with any quarterback that's a really good quarterback, right? He has to have somebody that's really solid. And I know that his teams weren't all that after Drew Brees uh, was gone. And his teams weren't all that when Drew Brees was on a major decline. So maybe that'll be the scenario in, in Denver Russell, with Russell Wilson. But I just think that they're going to find a way to make things work. And that offense is going to fit him really well. They've still got to build some pieces around him. So we'll get back to those texts and calls in just a few minutes. But uh, as mentioned earlier today, I had an opportunity to talk to my guy, Freddie Coleman, from Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. And it's great to catch up with him. I'm actually going to be on his show this coming up Friday evening. So it's always a pleasure to talk to Freddie. And so we just started off, and I asked straight up, like, man, it's different. You're on my show today. How's things going? Um, always good. Anytime we get a chance to do our hang together when it comes to no matter what we're doing, whether it's just talking, chilling, hanging out, doing the show. So honored to have a chance to hang out with Chop It Up with you, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And before we get into Super Bowl 57, you know, we talked last week on your show about the matchup in the championship games, and I picked uh, I picked Cincinnati to win. You picked Kansas City to win, and Kansas City did win. Were you not surprised by the victory, but the way that Kansas City went about getting it done? Boy, Q, that's a really good question. I guess when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, nothing he really does really surprises me anymore, any kind of game plan that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy were coming together as a coach and offense coordinator, respectively, because when you have a generational player that Patrick Mahomes is, even in a compromised situation, you just honestly believe he's going to find a way to get it done. And I thought he was outstanding, spreading the ball around, definitely getting the ball to Travis Kelsey when they tried to take him away. But I think that defense really was able to raise up their game. They were not going to let their quarterback down. And Chris Jones was the best player on the field, not named Patrick Mahomes, because he commanded attention and just destroyed double teams and triple teams from jump one against that Cincinnati offensive line. So I guess I'm no longer surprised when Patrick Mahomes raises his level and the team follows suit with him down that road. Yeah, he was fantastic. He really was, and he was not going to allow Cincinnati's mayor to uh, have his way and, and talk all that trash. And uh, now he's headed to Arizona for Super Bowl 57. So I was thinking about the quarterbacks in the AFC. Obviously, Mahomes, Herbert, you have Allen, Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Tua might be in this conversation at some point, but... It looks like a hell of an arms race going on in the AFC with the quarterbacks. And now, you know, I'm here in Vegas with the Raiders who don't have a quarterback. How important is it for them to go and find an elite guy or at least a guy that has those winning traits? Well, you better find a guy that's not just going to be a one-hit wonder or a stopgap because in a loaded, what I call the golden age of point guard quarterbacks <laughs> in the AFC, you better be able to find a guy that can hang in, whether you're playing Patrick Mahomes one, one week or Josh Allen another week or Joe Burrow another week, and when Lamar Jackson comes back to Baltimore another week, 
I can't recall a collection of quarterbacks like this where they all are under the age of 30 years of age. So this is not going away anytime soon. So whoever you decide to go after, you're the Las Vegas Raiders. If you believe you should go after Tom Brady, then you better be that close to a championship or there's no reason to go after him. I think if you're the Raiders, you got to find a guy you say to yourself, is that going to be the guy that for the next four to five years will give us a fighting chance to even not just be competitive, but to beat the guys we got to deal with in our own division and in the AFC. And if it's a one-year thing, then that's selling your soul, in my opinion. It's got to be somebody you believe in, that you believe is going to get better, you can grow up together, and give yourself a chance to be a top contender and not just in the AFC West. Talking to my brother right now, Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're here on Raider Nation Radio 920 this afternoon. And, Freddie, going along those lines, the Raiders are picking at number seven. No one ever anticipates picking in the top ten back-to-back years. So, in that case, do they have to find their guy that can run with these cats? Is that guy in this draft? Well, if C.J. Stroud is there, the quarterback from Ohio State at number seven, then you can't pass him up if you're the Las Vegas Raiders because he checks all the boxes that you're going to need, that he can play from the pocket, he can make plays outside the pocket, he has a pro arm that can make any throw when it comes to short passes, intermediate routes, and deep routes that can top off a defense. We know about his leadership qualities, what he was able to do with Ohio State, and having a chance to do that even as a young player. If he's there at number seven, you can't pass on him if you're the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if you get somebody in free agency, if you're, you're moving on from Derek Carr, if you believe somebody in free agency is going to make you better, then you got to fortify that guy with maybe another wide receiver, maybe another guy in the offensive line to help that out, or maybe go on the defensive side to balance that out. But if C.J. Stroud, Stroud Q is there at number seven, I think if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you can't pass up on that guy. I got to ask you one more question before we get back to the Super Bowl 57. Uh, you mentioned Derek Carr. It was announced today that he's actually going to go to his fourth Pro Bowl. Obviously, that's being played here in Las Vegas. Kind of an awkward situation there, Freddie? <laughs> Not kind of. That's like kind of being pregnant. Either it is or it isn't as far as that goes. And you know what? I, I don't mind how awkward this is because why not give him a chance, even though it's not going to be a scrimmage kind of game. He's not going to have shoulder pads on. But to have a chance to say goodbye to the fans that are going to be there in Las Vegas for that Pro Bowl, I don't think anybody can be against that. And, yeah, it's awkward, but believe me, the NFL does a lot of things that turn out awkward. They don't make decisions that are awkward. This is, there's no reason they say, oh, this looks awkward. They say, yeah, it's going to be awkward. Why the heck not? And that's why the NFL continues to be the biggest, baddest boy and girl in the sports jungle that is the United States because they know exactly what they're doing because they're very calculated and they understand the room time and time again when it comes to making money and gathering attention. Freddie Coleman is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. So I wanted to ask you about the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, uh, I've been a big fan of his since he was back at Alabama. Him and the Eagles have punched their ticket to Arizona February 12th to go up against those Chiefs. They weren't tested on Sunday against the 49ers because of injuries to 49er quarterbacks. Should that be a concern for Eagle fans? No. You know why? Because they're the healthiest team right now. So you can say they haven't been tested. And, of course, they're going to face Patrick Mahomes. That's the best quarterback that they faced all year. But, Q, you know this by covering the Raiders. It is hard to win games in the NFL. I don't care who you're playing. Prime example, ask the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs how easy it was to play the Houston Texans this year, for example. Or if you're the San Francisco 49ers, how easy it was to play the Las Vegas Raiders with Jared Stidham as a backup quarterback. It is hard to win games in the NFL, and it's hard to win playoff games in the NFL. And I know they've had an easy time of it where they bulldozed the New York Giants and then they beat the blood and the quarterbacks out of the San Francisco 49ers. But I'm not going to punish a team and say they haven't been tested because you play in the National Football League, you're tested all the time. You may make it look easy. The final result may turn out to be easy, but there's nothing easy about that when you play at the highest level. 
So I give the Eagles a lot of credit that they've only allowed two touchdowns in two playoff games, and they're probably going to allow more than that versus Kansas City. But to say they haven't been tested, that's somebody who does not know the NFL. We know the NFL pretty good. You're tested each and every week, no matter what the end result is going to be. So what, in your opinion, does Jalen Hurts need to do in this game against Kansas City, especially with Chris Jones being the monster that he is on that defensive line for the Chiefs? He's got to hit on one-on-one throws because I thought Kansas City did a really good job of not allowing Joe Burrow to have those one-on-one matchups and win those matchups because they were able to get two interceptions off Joe Burrow and they got deflections as well. That's usually a big part of the passing game when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a huge part of the passing game when it comes to the Eagles because they're counting on their running game that they're going to make sure you can't bring everybody up. You got to bring enough people down having eight in the box. That means you get one-on-one coverage on the outside against A.J. Brown, Dallas Garter in the middle down the scenes of tight end, and Devontae Smith on the other side. So if they're not able to win that, Jalen Hurts, if you're not able to make those accurate throws and you get one-on-one coverage, then that's going to be a problem. Kansas City takes away their running game, and that's going to be hard to do. The Eagles are like, look, this is what we're going to do. We know it. You know it. You know that we know, but we're not going to stop that. But we are going to take our shots down the field. And they're not able to hit on those one-on-one throws. Then it could be a very dicey situation that Kansas City gets wrapped up a little bit and controls that running game. You're not able to punish them by making those connections in one-on-one coverage when they get that on the outside versus Kansas City. You know, we know that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the the best dude on the field February 12th there in Arizona. Is the are the Eagles the best team that is going to be out there? Yeah, because they're the most complete team, and right now they're the healthiest team. Right. I know their quarterback is banged up with a shoulder injury, but that's not going to compromise his movement. And we know what kind of bloodthirsty dudes they have on the other side of the defense, yes. led by Hassan Reddick and all those guys, and they can't wait to go hunting after that Kansas City Chiefs offense. But that offensive line is really, really good in Kansas City, keeping Patrick Mahomes clean. I think they'll run the ball a little bit better than they did in the AFC Championship game versus, versus Cincinnati. But it's not going to be an easy game for either one of these teams because Andy Reid has shown that he can dial up some plays to combat what you do best and take advantage of what you don't do best. And the same thing can go for Nick Sirianni, what his coach has been able to do on both sides of the football. It's going to be a fascinating chess match, but it's going to come down to can Kansas City can't stand to the toughness of Philadelphia. If they're able to do that, they can generate explosive plays. And also, by the way, Patrick Mahomes has an extra week to get that ankle ready. That could be a very, very big difference. What we did not see on Sunday, that we may see more of Patrick Mahomes making plays outside the pocket because he's feeling a lot better with that ankle. You know, I was on the radio on Sunday watching that game. I was on with Orlando Franklin and Mike Wells uh, on the network, and we were talking about the fact that Cincinnati's defensive coordinator never really attacked Patrick Mahomes and made him roll left. Were you surprised by that? I was surprised by that, but I thought he also had in the back of his mind that if he does that, then Patrick Mahomes is good at doing what? taking advantage of one-on-one coverage, and he doesn't miss those kind of throws. Right. And even when they moved him, look what he was able to do finding Travis Kelsey in the end zone for that touchdown, or Marquez Valdez-Scanley for the other touchdown. The defensive coordinators are so afraid of blitzing Kansas City because Patrick Holmes is the most accurate guy throwing the ball downfield, even if a guy is covered. He puts it in a place where only his guy can get it, or his guys are so good moving the open spaces, and more than not, Q, when he climbs the pocket in the middle of that defense, he doesn't miss those throws in the middle of the field or towards his right side. So I think that was the one concern he had, thinking, if I do this but we don't get home, that guy's going to be accurate, and that's going to be a problem for our defense. Their front seven is not bad, but their back four is not that good, and he was not willing to put his team in that situation. And still, Q, with all that, Patrick Holmes still threw for 326 yards and two (laughs) touchdowns. 
He's just a different, he's him. As yeah. you like to say, he him. When he him and he's doing his him, there's only so many things you can do about that when it comes to a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. Freddie Coleman is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I said, just got a couple more questions for you. And you pay attention to, well, you pay attention to all the NFL, but you know, you got your eye on those New York teams. Are, are the Jets a team that you can see being a fit for Derek Carr uh, once the Raiders either release them or, or even maybe a trade partner? Oh, absolutely, because not only are you bringing a guy that we know can play quarterback really well and not throw bounce passes in front of wide receivers like Zach Wilson did for his first two years in the NFL with the New York Jets, but you know what kind of guy you're getting. You know what kind of grown man you're getting when it comes to Derek Carr. You're going to have respectability, you're going to have class, and you're going to have accountability in that guy. So whatever happened at the end of his tenure, the Las Vegas Raiders, you know what, maybe he was able to outlive his usefulness, or maybe the, the milk got too rotten in the, in the refrigerator because of Derek Carr, <laughs> and they just wanted to start it with Josh McDance going into his second year. But if you bring that guy to the New York Jets, that's a quarterback you don't have to worry about wanting to leave and go somewhere else. He's going to be determined to make that work with weapons on the outside. you got Garrett Wilson, for example. you got guys he can throw to, and Brees Hall comes back with that underrated offensive line at a running back position. So, yeah, I know Aaron Rodgers, that conversation out there, he ain't going to the New York Jets. No one's buying that. I think the perfect guy for them would be a guy still young to be a quality quarterback in the NFL and can make plays of that offense when it comes to Derek Carr. And in Big D, Kellen Moore, he's out as the offensive coordinator, and, well, about 24 hours later, he's with the Chargers as the offensive coordinator. Did he just fall up and get even a better quarterback? Oh, there's no doubt about that because nothing is Dak Prescott. And, Q, you know me pretty well. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but Justin Herbert is a lot closer to being an elite quarterback. He may be an elite quarterback on a different kind of level than maybe Dak Prescott will ever be for the Dallas Cowboys. The one thing I can't wait to see with Kellen Moore, now that he does not have any kind of pressure to call plays and calling plays of the Dallas Cowboys and calling plays that quarterback and Dak Prescott, how much more freer will he be to really take advantage of the gift that Justin Herbert brings to the table? And the one thing he better make sure is that you got to have that running game where he's not doing everything. He has enough stress on himself being that quarterback in dealing with guys in that division, especially Patrick Mahomes twice a year. But you got to give him some help on the running game. And I wonder if they're going to keep Austin Eckler. Do they bring in somebody else? I can't wait to see exactly how that's going to go because for the first time in Kellen Moore's offensive calling playing life, he's not going to have that black cloud of pressure being in charge of the offense that he had to do time and time again being in charge of the Dallas Cowboys offense. Looks like the AFC West just got a little bit more uh, spicier and juicier, huh? <laughs> Why not? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for that because it can't just be Kansas City's division for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' playing life. You want somebody that can at least challenge them. We have not seen that. I wonder if we're going to see it this year because I'm assuming that whoever Denver brings in for a head coach, they got to make Russell Wilson better. I know the Chargers were a playoff team, and they blew that, that loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're not going to take a step back, in my opinion. It can't just be Kansas City and the rest of them. I want to see what team's going to step up and say, we're a lot closer to your level, and we're going to keep getting after you and keep climbing and climbing that pole to make sure we're going to raise that bell, ring that bell, and get to the top. It's going to be a uh, crazy offseason, that's for sure, right? The NFL never sleeps. That's the one thing that we can guarantee that we know for sure. Well, Freddie, I know you're in for uh, Canty and Carlin this afternoon, you and Courtney. Uh, what else you got coming up that I should be on the lookout for? Oh, we're definitely going to talk about in terms of how the Chiefs and Eagles got here in different ways and how you can have a great quarterback and a great coach, but you got to have guys that can spot talent. Both of those teams are able to do that, so we're definitely going to dive into that. We're also going to dive into LeBron James, who it wasn't a coincidence that he didn't play in Brooklyn last night, but he's going to play against the New York Knicks tonight as he chases that scoring record. We're definitely going to dive into that. And we're also going to talk about the NFL ratings from Championship Sunday. Ratings were baffled for both the AFC and NFC Championship games, and it proves the NFL keeps distancing themselves from everybody else in professional sports. 
So we got that. We made him talk about Anthony Edwards and his love of fiery Cheetos that he eats bag by bag by bag each and every day. So it's going to be a fun show. Courtney Cronin and he and me in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin. No doubt. Well, I'll be with you on Friday, man. I look forward to it as always. I appreciate you this afternoon. Oh, it's a pleasure, my brother. Talk to you Friday, Q, and you take care, my man. There he goes, Freddie Coleman. It's a conversation I had with him a little earlier before the show. Always great to catch up with him. And, man, would have been great to be able to talk a little Sean Payton to the Broncos with him as well. But we got plenty of that in store for you. And, of course, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. That's our don'tbebroke.com text line. We'll come back, close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Raider Nation is very divided when it comes to Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Been getting your thoughts, been getting your opinions. How do you think this changes the dynamic of the AFC West? What do the Raiders need to do to keep up with the rest of the division, or do they? Maybe you don't think that they need to. Keith hit us up on Twitter, said Payton's a good coach, no doubt. In my opinion, he should have been suspended for life over Bounty Gate. Plus, he turned down the Raider job and badmouthed Coach Davis after he died. F him and the donkeys. Now we can slap them both at once. Now that Russ has someone to call Shorty. All right, there you go. Keith pretty fired up. Uh, Mike said the Raiders are now the fourth best team in the division. They have the fourth best quarterback in the division and now have the fourth best coaching staff in the division. Boy, oh boy, going to be a big hill to climb. That's from Mike also by way of Twitter. Got a couple more texts real quick. Uh, Let's see. Got a text from the 702. This is Jay in Vegas. My worst dream came true. I have been trying to speak Sean Payton to the Raiders into existence, and now he's in Denver. Football is not like basketball where it's a player-driven sport and you don't need to look far from with Andy Reid dominating the AFC West since before Mahomes and now McDaniels being arguably the fourth-best head coach in the division. A bad defense and no quarterback, this team is in trouble. At first, I wanted the team to make a move and draft C.J. Stroud, but now they're going to have to go after Aaron Rodgers and draft the offensive line and defensive line to keep up. Just to keep up. Shake my head as Jay in Vegas. Thank you so much for that. And that's the thing. I've heard a lot of people talk about Sean Payton ain't all that. He's not that good. I heard a lot of people talking about they wanted the Raiders to hire Sean Payton. I don't know how many people hit us up and said, hey, can Sean Payton, can the Raiders make a move for him? And that was even before Coach McDaniels got here, right? And and during the time last year, Sean Payton, Sean Payton, we got hit with that all the time, and now Denver has him. And all of a sudden I'm hearing all this about how bad of a coach he is or he's not all that. So there's that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, it's my birthday today. It's a real one's birthday. Happy birthday. Good looking. And yesterday was um, the Raiders' birthday. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but the Raiders' birthday was yesterday. And tomorrow's birthday is Rick James. And I don't know if you know it or not, Rick James was a huge Raider fan because of Al Davis. And, uh, Rick James grew up in Buffalo, New York, and he was a fan of Al Davis, and he became a fan, a fan of the Raiders. But also, it's a one-year anniversary to when Josh McDaniels was hired. Remember, McDaniels got hired this, today a year ago. And I want to say, in hindsight, remember – a lot of people were against it, and a lot of people were for I think it was like about 60-40 split, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I want to go back and say, see how people feel about it now, because I feel good about it. I think we're in a, um, going in a good direction, you know what I'm saying? Even though um, a lot of people are upset about what happened with Carr, uh, I blame it on Carr. It was his fault, you know what I mean? He had everything set up for it to go perfectly, and now he's gone. Even though he made the Pro Bowl, you know, He's got in, like they say, backhandedly or, with the, you know, back-ended his way into the Pro Bowl, but it's whatever. But I just want to see, what's, what's your thoughts? Do you think, um, in hindsight, I know they, they regret not um, re-signing Josh Jacobs or whatever, but do you think that they shouldn't have um, gave Carter um, the deal he gave or re-signed or whatever and just let him play out his season? 
or what? I want to see what Raider Nation thinks about that. Do do did we make a mistake re-signing um, Derek Carr to the contract we gave him, or we should have just let let him play out his year and been a lame duck quarterback, or what? I want to know what you think about that, and I want you to um, especially is Demond here today? Because I didn't I didn't hear. No, him no he's, he'll be back tomorrow. Okay, well, uh, I just want to see what you think about it and what some of the other uh, Raider Nation think about it. Because I think, um, I think if the high five, they knew what they knew today, I think they'd have just let him play out his contract or whatever and probably try to trade him like midseason once they didn't, you know, lost faith in him. That's what I thought would have happened. But also I want to say to um, like Fargo Raider and the Raider Nation fans that's 30 and younger, hang in there. We're going to get good. You know what I'm saying? you already been through the bad storms. You know what I'm saying? Through, or through the desert with us. You might as well hang on in there. We're going to be good again. Trust me. We're going to have multiple Super Bowls in the near future, especially if they handle this offseason right. Just hang in there. You know what I mean? We're going to get it right. And that's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. And I'm starting my YouTube channel today. I was supposed to start it, you know, this season. But when I went to that first game, I got discouraged with <laughs> Derek Carr through the three interceptions. I had the two fumbles by itself. But I'm going to start it today. And my son also dropping a song, a song G Sosa on all platforms on, on his daddy's birthday. Let's go. Raiders, I'm gone. There he goes. Gangster Raider right there. And I'll just say real quick about Derek Carr's contract. I think they had to re-sign him. And I think it was a good idea. And, and they put it all in front of him. If they had the season that they were probably hoping he was going to have, a big-time season with Devontae, then it would have been no doubt. I think the only probably decision that they wish that they probably had back was, as you mentioned, the Josh Jacobs, the fifth-year option, and then also the the date that's February 15th as far as the decision on Derek Carr's contract. But uh, you don't want to be a quarterback going into a lame duck season where you know you, you don't have a contract after that. Then I just think that they had to do something, and it was there. And I was the first one to think that there's no doubt they're going to exercise his, his option. He'll be back in 2023, but obviously that's not the case. 258's the time. Thanks for the call. Matt Holder, Silver and Black Pride. He'll join us to talk all things Shrine Bowl as we kick off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.